Hello, I'm Mark Petruzzi, host of Selling the Cloud podcast. And I'm Ray Reich, your co-host of the show. We talk to a wide variety of cloud and SaaS industry thought leaders and revenue generation experts. Who share their unique insight into what is required to build and grow a great business in the cloud. Now, on to today's show. Welcome to today's episode of the Selling the Cloud podcast. I'm your host, Ray Reich, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mark Petruzzi. And today we are happy and excited to have as our guest, Sally Dewey, Chief Sales Officer and Partner at The Bridge Group. Today, we'll be covering three main areas with Sally. First, the evolution of the SaaS inside sales profession and COVID's impact. Second, can enterprise selling be successful with an inside sales motion? And third, Sales development. How important is this function for the CRO? Sally, please take a moment to give us a brief background overview of your journey to becoming a guest on the Selling the Cloud podcast. <laughs> Thanks so much, Ray and Mark. It's I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> I love doing this with you guys. And fortunately, this is my second time as a visitor. So I, I really appreciate it. You know, so I got my start just a few years ago. Right out of high school, right? Right out of high school, yes. <laughs> I started in field sales for a very small company. And this was really before, so this is going to date myself a lot, but this was before VC funding was really in vogue and all the rage. And so it was a very small husband and wife owned company. And after four or five years of raising up and becoming a VP of sales throughout my journey there, I decided I really needed to work for a bigger company. And so I was fortunate enough to get a job at Oracle as an inside sales rep. And there I really learned the power of inside sales, sales development. I did a whole bunch of different roles, started as an inside sales rep and worked into various management director positions there and kind of went on from there and built groups for other companies, optimized existing teams, did a lot of working for consulting companies like what I'm doing now. And I still am such a big fan of inside sales, sales development, you can really get it into a repeatable, scalable model, which is what I love is knowing that I can do something over and over again and get expected results if I'm doing it right. So I just decided to continue to make my career path all in that world and help other tech companies realize the full power of what they can do inside. So Sally, you started at Oracle Insight Sales, which was one of the first major Insight Sales organization in the technology software industry. And I think at that point in time, you were probably a full life cycle Insight Sales where you did all your outbound prospecting and then your own selling, correct? Yes. In Insight Sales, we did there at Oracle. Yes. Well, let me ask you this question, because now, you know, sales development has become a huge function over the last 10 to 15 years, especially in the SaaS industry. And the common kind of career path was sales development was a step towards inside sales. And then inside sales was a stepping stone to becoming a field enterprise rep. Is that progression still the norm today? Yes, it is. You know, I think it's really hard to go from a sales development rep to becoming selling a big, complex enterprise sales deal, right? But we also see a lot of people in the sales development world that decide that maybe the 
sales world is not for them. And so they want to go into marketing. They want to go into operations. They want to go into enablement. So I think from sales development, it's such a great jumping stone into many other areas within a company, not just field sales. So Sally, do you think it's easier now than it was maybe 15 or 20 years ago to branch off into the other areas like marketing or product development? Has that gotten easier or more difficult? I think it's easier because there's a bigger need and there's a bigger need to specialize as well. Like in sales enablement, you know, so many sales enablement groups are focused on field sales only. And while there are certainly pieces of whatever you're providing content for a field, you need specialized content for sales development or inside sales. And so I think it's made it a lot People are a lot more aware today. And so for the larger groups, there's a lot more opportunity to specialize, you know, in like an SDR enablement role or, you know, sales ops for SDRs or to work on all the tools and help maintain all the tools and the proper usage of all the tools and technology that SDRs and inside sales are using today, which I think is really new. And Sally, that's a real testament to how much more complex the SDR role has become. It's no longer dialing for dollars, right? It's really understanding technology and marketing very early on in your career. Yes, because, you know, we're very fortunate now. I mean, when I think about, you know, going back to my Oracle days and I was a full cycle AE, I would have given anything to have SDR support, but our SDRs were supporting the field sales team. But I had binder after binder on my desk of everybody that I had talked to. And then I had the good old fashioned card file system <laughs> that had every month of the year, one through 31, where I would just write on index cards who and when I was supposed to get back to somebody. So it worked. I did extremely well. I blew out my number and went to all sorts of great, you know, 100% clubs. But the thought of, wow, what could I have done <laughs> if I would have had some automation to help me with just some of those basics, right? So yeah, it's a big part. And, you know, a big enhancer and a way to meet even better numbers on, again, a more repeatable, scalable basis. Well, one of the interesting things about sales development has been, and it continues to be, the next step is moving into inside sales. But I attended a session that you hosted with Jeff Williams, who is a operating partner at Bain Capital and also the president of Artemis, which is one of the largest kind of earlier stage cybersecurity companies. And he was talking about maybe we're underestimating how large of opportunities or deals can an inside sales rep handle. And he was talking about, you know, COVID's really made him realize you can do six-figure deals. Is that something you think is going to become yeah. more common for inside sales, Sally? I do. And we're, we're seeing it happen. You know, and the interesting thing is, is that even back 20-some years ago, I had inside sales groups that were doing $500,000 deals. Now, they didn't do it on a regular basis, <laughs> but we certainly were able to close large deals and a lot of them were to existing accounts. Today, because of COVID, it's really accelerated and finally shown people that, no, you know, to get a large deal, you don't have to sit across from the person in person and shake their hand in person. That 
our clients are buying, you know, all remotely and virtually today. So what better way to do it than to utilize inside sales? And, you know, as Jeff was explaining to us, he moved his inside sales group from selling to 2,500 employees and under to up to 5,000. And the next step was he was going to take that group up to 10,000 employee sizes. So, you know, we are seeing a lot of companies that have realized <laughs> this is happening in our COVID world today. And so why not expand the use and really focus the field expertise in those big, hairy, complex, global, you know, $500,000, million dollar deals, right? Where we really need that power and strength that they know how to sell to committees. They know how to do, you know, the presentations and bring everybody together. And they know how to work that multi-buyer complex sales cycle way better than inside sales does. And we're going to focus them in that area. Mark and Ray, are you guys seeing this happen with the people you're working with? Yeah, Sally, all of that is music to my ears because I've had this premise really for the last four or maybe five years where I've seen the market change even before COVID from the standpoint of potential for inside sales. And it was for me, I saw it first having lots of friends and different relationships over the years that, you know, we have all the individuals that have gone from outside sales to sales leadership to a CRO role. You had lots of individuals who really just wanted to stay direct in sales. And they became these senior sales reps and they get recruited from one company to the next. They go from Oracle to SAP to Workday and then back to Oracle again. And what I noticed that a lot of them were becoming less and less successful as their career went on. And it should be the other way. They should be more productive. They should be smarter. I started, I even used the term retread. There are a lot of retreads that are out there from one company to the next. And it really just engaged me in the process of saying, you know, rather than betting on these senior sales reps that are very expensive to recruit and retain, and really betting on younger, more energized individuals, which by the way, works really well in an inside model or a an actual virtual model as well. And because of that, that approach, you're able to really have a lot less risk through the approach, you know, hitting a number is a lot easier if you're leveraging a team of 15 or 20, making them efficient and productive, than banking on four or five senior individuals to do it. So there's cost savings, there's productivity improvements that come from that as well. Ray, what have you seen? Have you seen similar approaches? Well, first of all, I'm very glad that our target listening audience are not HR professionals. Yes. <laughs> But, um, you know, one of the things I've noticed is definition is important. So we talk about enterprise sales. And even I did it earlier in this podcast. I said, you know, the six-figure deals. And six-figure deals aren't necessarily just selling to enterprise customers, nor do you not sell $50,000 deals to enterprise customers. So I think the experience that committee buying, et cetera, things that Rosali was talking about, you really need to have the experience to maneuver that committee buying in a large enterprise company, whether you're selling a $50,000 product or a $500,000 product. So what I have seen changing with SaaS, Mark and Sally, 
is we're using more of a land and expand model. Often, instead of trying to have that 12, 18 month sell cycle and get a million dollar deal, we might land with a twenty-five to seventy-five thousand dollar deal. But then that sales professional needs to have the ability to maneuver through that enterprise and get upsells and cross sells with different departments. So I think that's one of the major changes that I've seen. And I'm not convinced that someone with only two or three years of inside sales experience for a single land product is equipped yet to do that large enterprise maneuvering. What do you guys think? I agree 100%. And I think that's one of the big challenges is that our traditional inside sales rep with only a few years of experience that hasn't been given the right training can move up. So there's a huge enablement piece that needs to happen here. And why I think we see enablement exploding and have over the last few years is because that inside sales rep needs so much more training to be able to make those kinds of things happen before you stick them in into a complex selling. And, you know, and also why if you're doing a lot of promotion, I mean, we all know SDRs, it's a great bench, right? Which is awesome, but we need to do a lot more SDR training and enablement to be able to get them to actually even sell properly in a traditional, more inside sales way. Well, you just brought up one of my, I call it a pet peeve, but it might also be one of my failures. And that is sales development as a profession and a career growth. And I love the research the Bridge Group does every year on the state of sales development as a profession. I've seen a lot of early career sales development reps say, okay, I've done this job for six months or 12 months. I'm ready to be an AE. And then they do inside sales for years. Like I'm ready to be an enterprise AE. Can you tell me a little bit about how you've seen the profession of sales development change over the last 12 to 24 months? And more importantly, what's your forecast for what sales development will look like as a career path 24 months from now? Yeah, so we do know, we did some research a couple of years ago on the sales development career path. And our research showed that those SDRs that were promoted way too quickly had a 65% failure rate as an AP. And that was into an inside sales. So that's huge, right? So we know that if SDRs are promoted before a year, they're not going to do well. And a lot of that goes back to, number one, because the SDR is so green and junior, they probably haven't even really learned the SDR role all the way before we're promoting them. And the second piece that we just talked about, we don't have the right sales enablement in place to train the SDRs to move into a selling role, no matter what kind of selling role, right? And so it's a huge failure rate. We're not setting them up for success. That's a really, you know, my bad on the company and the management to do that. And we are seeing during COVID, we did see in our latest report that SDR longevity in the role, tenure in the role is increasing a little bit, which is awesome to hear because they need it. Again, you know, taking somebody straight out of college, their first business job and thinking that they've got this mastered in a year when we all say, or most of us agree that this is one of the hardest, if not the hardest jobs in sales is prospecting and building pipelines. So to think it can be mastered in a year or less is probably a little short-sighted, you know, and I think though, 
that with all these SaaS companies, a lot of them selling into SMB space, that it is a great career path and you can have much better success, but you still need some training. So, you know, to answer sort of your second part of the question, I mean, I think it's still a great career path. There's a lot of opportunity there, especially in SaaS companies, but we have to equip the people properly. We have to, you know, give them the right training. I think even the exposure as an SDR, because we are finding not every SDR, once they really understand and get into a sales role, all of a sudden it's like, you know what, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. This isn't what I really enjoy. I don't want that stress and pressure every single month to make my quota. So I'm going to fail and go in a different direction. So I think if we give them opportunities to work side by side with AEs, if they're interested in moving in to it and to really understand what a day in the life of an AE is like, that we may find out some of these and advert some of these, you know, disasters. Maybe that's too strong of a word earlier before we put them in an AE role and are counting on them to bring in a number. So what do you see about this and what are you finding in the SDR world and promotions? Right. I'll take that from a N3 Accenture perspective. I think to your point, it's in a very positive way. The process is happening a little slower. Individuals are sticking into these roles a little longer. There are more specialists. There are more people now saying, you know, I want to do this for a while. I don't want to do it just to a role. I like what I do. I like my career. The other thing that's really relevant at N3 Accenture, we built a very distinct recipe of how to be successful in doing this in an outsourced way. And it's really built around a pod structure. So it's a team approach. It's not expecting individuals to know everything or learn everything. For example, we were discussing earlier the land and expand model, and it would be hard for a young SDR to, to land an account and figure out in a complex way where to take it from there. And I would say it shouldn't be the same person. It's a different model. There is that land. There is that teaming approach. And then somebody with a little bit more of a, of a relationship awareness background, a little more of business maturity would be able to take it from there. And in the same way as we then hand it to someone else within customer success to take a stable client and nurture it and try to grow it from there. So there are different levels. And like everything in business, it's really about working within a team and leveraging specific skills and traits and attributes for being able to do the right thing for our clients at the right time. Actually, the other thing I've seen, Sally and Mark, and I really like this is, you know, you start maybe at the SMB or mid-market as a sales development rep, and then you get moved up progressively mm -hmm. to enterprise because you might have to try to reach out to 10 or 12 different people within an enterprise to get that initial meeting. But then the other thing I've seen with account-based marketing and account-based sales becoming more popular is that you really team, going to what Mark said, you team that enterprise class SDR with the AE and even the pre-sales consultant or even customer success, and you develop a strategic account strategy and you all have your role. And there, the other benefit I see is that SDR doesn't just see what it takes to expand a relationship within that enterprise account. They actually involved in the selling process and they can see what it takes to sell. So I think that's a maybe underinvested element for SDRs 
and more and more companies need to have that strategic approach that they partner AEs and SDRs. What do you think, Sally? No, I love that approach. You're right. We don't see it a lot. And some of that is because we don't see that segmentation in the sales force, right? So if the sales force is segmented like that in SMB, mid-market, enterprise, and then the strategic accounts, it's a natural for the SDR, BDR organization. A lot of times we see it like at the SMB level, that may be more inbound. And then when you get into the mid-market, it may be more outbound. And then when you get up to those strategic accounts, it's really, it's like a named account strategy, right? And that's where account base really shines. And so I think that segmentation is awesome and it does work really well. And it's a great career pathing within the SDR organization. So you can extend, and we see this a lot with the companies that are really selling all the way up to large enterprises. We see that as a two to three year career path within the SDR before you even have the opportunity to think about moving to an AE. And those are the ones that are the most successful, that have that elongated career path, the multi-step career path within the SDR function before they ever move into an AE. You know, initially, I, I didn't want this to be a sales development centric, you know, conversation, but I think it's so good. I want to kind of double click a little bit more on this. You've dealt with hundreds and hundreds of companies in your consulting life and CROs. So question, do you think this emergence of the chief revenue officer who's looking holistically at acquisition, expansion, retention across marketing, sales, and customer success, do you think they invest enough of their time in understanding sales development and really getting involved in promoting sales development as a great first step? No. <laughs> Why not? We still see this is that I think the CROs, the sales leadership don't understand and value enough of the role and they don't get it on a down deep level. They just don't get it. They don't want to get their hands dirty. They want to hire somebody way down the chain, right, to do it. And, you know, not to get into a whole bunch of areas, but this is also one of the reasons why we see this poor SDR function that is constantly bounced from reporting to reporting to reporting. You know, one year it's in sales, next year it's in marketing, then it's back in sales, then it's in operations, then it's back in marketing. And it's because you've got to have a real passion and understanding about this and you've got to get into it. You can't just hire young green SDRs, promote somebody after six months, have it be their first job and all of a sudden they're the manager and then they become the director. They've only seen one model. They have no idea what they're doing. I hate to be so harsh, but they don't. And this is one of the big challenges that we have in the SDR world. And, and then the, the CRO is like, well, you know, they're the manager of the group. I don't need to get involved. I don't need to collaborate with them and work on what's the right strategy. Should we have these different segmentations we were just talking about, right? What should the person be responsible for doing? They're left to kind of figure it out on their own, which they've never seen. They don't know. And so, you know, it's one of my big pet peeves is that we don't have leadership spend enough time with these groups. The groups that we see leadership, whether it's on the marketing side, the sales side, the operation side, 
that is really vested in these groups and want to make them successful and meet with the SDR leadership on a regular basis, like every week and get involved and help out are the ones that are performing the best. The ones that have this hands-off attitude, that's where you got all the problems going on. You know, and, and I think maybe it's because they're not equipped to deal with what's the right prospecting methods, what are the right technologies. You know, these groups are all about technologies. And again, I'm going to veer off on a little different path. Where we see a lot of enterprise sales, field sales guys struggling in today's COVID world, they're using technology that they haven't ever used before, really. And they think, well, I'm using Zoom. I know how to use Zoom. What's so hard about it? Well, I don't know what, what inside salespeople are all, you know, saying we use Zoom all the time. This is easy. But they're replicating the behaviors that they did in person. They're taking a two-hour dog and pony show that they did in person, and they're trying to do it on Zoom. And guess what? It's failing miserably because they don't know how to condense it and pack it down and deal with what people are expecting on a Zoom call. They're not using the technologies properly today and the tools properly today on the, the sales side that the SDRs know how to do and inside sales reps know how to do. Mark, are you seeing that too? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's incredible the importance of technology to sales today. And it's also incredible how some individuals just can't get there. And it is really a mindset. In some cases, it's a little bit of just stubbornness. I mean, these are <laughs> these are bright individuals that are, you know, able to move over, but they had a recipe, they had their own techniques in the past, they worked. And, you know, some people just don't want to be open to new ideas, but that's where an offering like N3s, again, just changes the game because we bring in typically a bunch of millennials that have a whole different view on technology. They're digital natives. But again, to defend us somewhat under older individuals here, you don't have to be a digital native to really leverage the capabilities, especially with today's technology. You know, companies Products like SalesLoft and Outreach and what you can do with Salesforce.com and, and others, these are very easy to leverage technologies. And it really comes into mindset and focus and being open to learning and getting better and changing your process over time. A lot of sales reps aren't good at that. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm going to go and get on my bully pulpit a little bit here. So chief revenue officers, right? Traditionally, what we've seen is it's a VP or SVP of sales and she or he evolves to CRO. And all too often, they're so focused on the selling process, but not on the marketing or the retention and expansion process. And part of the reason is because that's all they've done. I think sales development reps are going to be well positioned to be the CRO of the future in 10 to 15 years. Why? Because sales development reps have to understand outbound marketing. They're using email sequencing and cadence tools and social media channels to engage a buyer initially. They're not selling. They're building awareness and engaging. And then they can move into learning how to sell. But more importantly, I even think an SDR might want to become a customer success manager four or five years down the road, learn what it's like to retain and expand the existing customer and she is going to be the best CRO because they're going to have an end-to-end -end view of the customer lifecycle. Sally, do you think that's, do you think my forecast has some merit? I do. And I love that because I agree. I mean, I think 
to become a CRO, what you really need to do is take on a lot of different roles and functions at different companies. So you can see not only that end-to-end function and how it should work, but you see a lot of different models. So you start understanding, I can't take my model, because we see this all too often, I can't take my model from being a mid-level VP at Oracle and now become an SVP of sales at an early stage startup and try to make my Oracle model work in that company. And we see this way too often. So you need a lot of different, you need small, big companies, not just all at big companies and try to go down. It doesn't work. So again, I'm really big on breadth and depth of experience is what's going to make you the most relevant and position you for those higher levels. A lady that I mentor is an inside sales rep and she's like, okay, what's my path? What do I need to do to become a VP of sales? And I'm like, here's what you need to do. You know, here's what you need, that breadth and depth of experience. Unless if you get the opportunity within your company, that's awesome to move up. That's the easiest. But let me tell you, it's going to be a big shock if once you get outside of that company and go to another company because you haven't seen a wide view of the sales world. Mark, anything to add to that? Yeah, you know, what I would add is a little bit of a shout out to lifetime learning and to actually the MBA degree. So here's a concept that, you know, we don't think of a lot in sales. You know, there are a lot of people that would maybe ask that question five years ago and say, how can I be most successful in sales? And they would ask the three of us, should I get an MBA? And we'd probably say, no, you don't really need it. You need to yeah, you need to always be learning and understanding new capabilities and technologies and everything else, but maybe not an MBA. However, it's as we moved into this much more significant role of CRO being the, the end game here for lots of individuals, it's when MBA matters. And I'll use an example of, you know, Paul Melchiori, who's my co-author on Selling the Cloud. You know, he, he's the ultimate sales guy. I'll use the term guy because that's who he is. Because he's a guy. <laughs> <laughs> he is a guy. But he's, the, he's the ultimate sales guy. Growing up, you know, at eight years old and getting a paper out and selling papers and just every little sales related thing he could do throughout his childhood, he did. And he continued on after his undergrad. But he decided that it was going to be important for him to get a little more aware of other areas of business and did a part-time MBA at Villanova. And it changed everything for him. And he was a CRO before there was such a title and a name because he got into more leadership positions in sales. And then he wanted to impact everything. His mindset was always, he's going to ask me to run a number. You're going to ask me to hit a number. I need to have some influence or control on marketing, on product marketing, on implementation to make sure these systems got set up the right way. And then later on with customer success in other areas as well. So, you know, I think there's really an opportunity here, especially for individuals that just want to have more diverse skill set to understand. And by the way, Paul did an an MBA in finance. So we really looked at it at that point of his career. He didn't really know how he would use it. He just knew it was important. And having those other attributes and capabilities within business in general is, I believe, very valuable as well. 
Darlene, Mark, I hate to do this, but we're going to have to wrap up today's episode. <laughs> I could talk to you guys forever. But I think I want to ask one last question, and I'm going to start with you, Sally. And that is, you even mentioned you're doing some mentoring. So if you took that early career sales development rep, you know, she's only been in the job for three months. And she's like, I want to be Paul Macchiori. I want to be a CRO of a multi hundred million, if not billion dollar company. What advice do you give her? Yeah, you know, it goes back to what I was saying. You need to spend the time in each function, but you need to move into a lot of different functions at different companies. So learn what you can, spend a minimum of a year as an SDR and learn everything you can, learn about what marketing is doing to helping you out, learn the sales job and start moving into other roles. But you need that, again, the breadth and depth of experience at not just one company, but at multiple companies, and you need to move into various sales, even operations, and understand the operation side. Because I think what you were getting at, Mark, with the MBA and Paul's example in finance is that you really have got to understand metrics reporting, the whole financial end, CAC ratios, what's important to these SaaS companies to move up to those very highest levels. Oh, Sally, you just said CAC ratio for my benefit, but thank you. I did. I, did. I, knew, I knew that would get you. Sally, I think I saw a tear go down. <laughs> Mark, any, anything you'd add to that as your advice to that early career SDR? No, I think, you know, Sally really hit it on the head. And it's just about, you know, diversity, really understanding as much as you can about why companies sell what they do and why more importantly, why clients buy and what really makes them happy through that journey. And Sally, I'm going to add one last thing before we say goodbye for the day. And my advice would go to the CRO and I would tell him or her, you need to invest in SDRs through a rotational program. Allow them to be an SDR for six to nine months and maybe then allow them to be in marketing for six to nine months or marketing operations and then move them to customer success. Maybe it's a two, even a three-year rotational program. And then they will have such great broad-based experience. They can decide which functional path they may grow up in in the next five to 10 years. But that's grooming the CRO of the future. So I hope we can do that as CROs today to invest in our future. Love it. Sally, Mark, thank you for your time today. And to our listening audience, if you enjoyed today's session, it would mean the world to us if you would subscribe to our podcast. Please go ahead and give us a comment and give us a rating. And please pass this on to your friends who are interested in the cloud and specifically in selling the cloud. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Take care, all.